Welcome to Find the Magic, the podcast that will help you honor yourself, your children, and your partner. We are going to give you tips and strategies to create peace and authenticity within your family. This is Felicia Allen. I'm a social media marketer, writer, and mom to three boys ages 5, 3, and 18 months. And I'm Terilyn Griffin, an English professor turned stay-at-home mom to four kids ages 10, 8, 5, and 3. We inhale a ridiculous amount of books and life tools and distill the information for you, our awesome listeners. Let's find the magic together. Hey, everybody. I have a facepalm today, and it's kind of a lame one, but I just got new glasses a few months ago because my old ones, like, I mean, I'm wearing them right now, and as far as you can see, there's like... The layers are off it. I mean, it looks like I have something on my glasses. I literally had this old guy at the store once be like, those are kind of unique. Are those spots like on them? I'm like, no, it's just where the film that's supposed to be on it has worn off. Anyway, I got new glasses. They're super cute. And then one of my lovely children broke them. I took them to Costco. They fixed them right there. And I was so pumped about it. It was like an amazing actually errand that like turned out how it was supposed to. No meltdowns. (laughs) I left, and I have not seen the glasses since. Oh. It means I left them somewhere. And I f- don't worry. What do they look like? They're like the gray ones. Okay, I'll be on the lookout. Anyway, at Costco in Bountiful, and I've called them, and we've retraced my steps. We've searched the car, but I have lost them, so now I'm back to when I'm here early morning oh. wearing these, like, spotted leopard Which is so glasses. annoying when you complete something, and then yes. you lose it. Yes. Or whatever happens. Yeah. Oh, it's a bummer. And it's kind of also, I think it's extra frustrating and face palm-y when it's kind of one of my weaknesses anyways. I have a tendency to like leave things places and not, you know, like my mom has to still, I mean, how old am I? And she still like keeps a pile of shoes that I leave at her house. You know what I mean? I mean, Felicia. Every time I go to a park, I find her children's shoes. <laughs> Literally, not with me. She'll just text me and be like, hey, I was at this park and I found Parker's shoes. So... It's kind of a thing that probably is a weakness, and therefore, it's extra frustrating when it's something that I really care about, so. Oh, that is baseball me. I'm sorry. That's so annoying. Maybe I should start carrying around a big... I've stopped carrying around giant purses since I don't have babies, and I've thrilled in the, I have a small purse again. Yeah. Maybe I should just get back the giant so I can stick things like glasses in them. I know. Whenever I have my weakness, and I still have babies, is actually just taking a diaper bag anywhere with anything in it. (laughs) Like, we were at a baby shower, and it was like, oh, what do you guys have? Like, examples to the new mom of what do you have in your diaper bag? And I opened mine, and it was like... Empty? Empty. <laughs> like, two crushed up cookies and a receipt at the bottom. They didn't have wipes or anything. Okay. You guys, though, think about this. That, to me, is such a strength. My diaper bag, back in the day, I mean, again, just <gasps> I throw stuff in it, chuck full of so much stuff. Yeah, I was prepared with, like, if I need to stay over for a week... <laughs> But I actually love it. I aspire to that. An empty diaper bag? That sounds quite glorious. So really, we're just two sides of the spectrum, and we're both we just... We need to meet <laughs> Maybe be prepared without overfilling. Lightly prepared. Yes, lightly prepared. That's a good idea. Now oh. I'm not prepared at all. No. Ever. Yeah. Because I don't have a diaper bag. That's why. I'm, like, really excited if I have a half-dry pack of wipes in the car. <laughs> Just moisten them up with a little water bottle. Okay, so my high, f- I have a high five today, and it is actually a high five to somebody else, but I was listening to 
Um, the podcast 10% Happier. It's really good if you like meditation, self-help type stuff. And um, the host, Dan Harris, interviewed an author named Emma Sapello. Sapella or Sapello? I can't remember. Um, and she wrote the book, The Happiness Track. But anyways, really good. It's about having success and happiness at the same time, um, which is a tricky balance because of the nature of the two. But she coined this term in her book called, or, and the term is um, to be wisely selfish. And she is a mother. And basically, she just talks about how sometimes as caregivers, we, like that, we feel selfish taking time for ourselves. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we can go into like the martyr mode. But her whole thing is that term is to be intentional about your personal time, the time you take for yourself, and to see it as you really are being so wise by taking that time for yourself Mm -hmm. because it makes you better for everyone around Mm -hmm. you. It was just a really good reminder. Mm -hmm. So you can give. When you take that time, then you actually can be better at giving. Right. What do you think the line is between being wisely selfish and actually selfish, a person who you don't want to become because it's not good for your family or your kids or your partner or for you in the long run? What do you think the, the difference is? I don't know. I hope I would feel that. You know, I hope I would feel that shift. I'm still in a stage of there's like not that much time that mm-hmm. I... yeah. Because I'm taking care of little kids yeah. all the time. So it'd be difficult it'd to be, be difficult too selfish. to get too selfish. <laughs> because there's so many people who need you. Yes. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, but... So I don't know. That is a tricky... I think it's a tricky question. And I think a lot of people wonder that and feel that. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. yeah. I think... I'm going to have to, like, ponder that. But that... Like, as you were saying that, I was like, I think this is a bigger, mm-hmm. that's a really big, because I've actually heard many moms say that. I, just this summer, I had a really dear friend was saying, how do you know when you're crossing that line? Mm-hmm. And for me, yeah, maybe at this stage, it's, yeah, you're Impossible. just giving so mm-hmm. much that taking an hour of personal time in the morning, I think any morning time, first of all, I think that's a good thing. Yeah. Any Before morning time yeah. is like your own. Do whatever you yeah. want with it. Yeah. But even if it's that like special space, mm-hmm. finding that way of pursuing it and fulfilling yourself, but still being a person who mm-hmm. gives and shares and is making the people around you feel loved and connected. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know. That's- yeah. Where's that line between your kids seeing, oh, my mom respects herself and, oh, she's just brushing me off. Yeah, she's just choosing Mm -hmm. herself over me all Mm -hmm. the time. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Okay. Let's flesh this out. This is a bigger (laughs) philosophy. I am going to have to think about that. Okay. Well, today we're going to be talking about our own personal triggers because so much of parenting, well, not even just parenting, actually, literally all of our interactions with other people were. And we have to address our triggers with other people. Mm -hmm. And what the idea here is. If we don't identify what our triggers are, then we're actually not even seeing the world clearly. Mm-hmm. And we're projecting just our own um, issues onto somebody else. We're not actually even responding to them. We're just mm-hmm. reacting to what's inside of us mm-hmm. by what they're saying. So Dr. Dan Siegel, who wrote a whole, The Whole Brain Child, he has this beautiful quote. And it says, attunement sounds simple, 
Yet so often we be, can become transfixed by our own internal notions of what should be rather than remaining open to what is. Oh my word, that just alone. So if we just ended right there, <laughs> that we sometimes get stuck on what should be rather than open, being open to what is. In other words, our own preoccupations can limit how we truly take in another. So that is so glorious to me. Like if, if our kids are freaking out and we're thinking this shouldn't be happening or if our spouse does something that we disapprove of and we're thinking... <clears throat> we shouldn't be doing that. You're actually, once you say those words in your mind, you can't actually see the person anymore mm-hmm. or allow for any true expression of emotions or feelings in a way that is healing. Mm-hmm. So. And genuine. Yeah. And <clears throat> I think of this, I see it really clearly when we look at, yes, other our interactions with other people, but I think it's especially magnified with our kids in, when we are parenting um, because we all have <laughs> our preoccupation, our things that we think. Like in my mind, my kids are like, yes, ma'am, yes, sir, just walking a straight line. They're all clean. They're looking beautiful all the time. <laughs> and they're never acting out, and they sleep through the night. Ha ha. And, <laughs> and that's such a funny joke. That's Alicia. hilarious. <laughs> um, and so I loved this quote because it made me realize that if I can turn off that projecting that the really the preoccupation with my my needs or my thing in my head that I think it's supposed to be when it comes to um, interacting with my kids that I can see them. And the situations that we're in with so much more mental clarity. And then I can respond to them instead of react Mm -hmm. to what's happening. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And this, the great way to start digging into this concept is to think what your own triggers are all the way when your child is a tiny baby. And Mm -hmm. we've talked about this, but it is worth repeating that when a baby cries... We have something inside of us that wants to make it stop. Mm-hmm. I mean, that second. <laughs> yeah, it's it's in, and it's programmed inside of us for a reason. It's actually a really good instinct because mm-hmm. it helps us meet our baby's needs. But the problem is when our baby's crying for a reason that we can't help. You know, maybe they're just crying, mm-hmm. and they're fed, and their diapers changed, and we're doing our best to get them to sleep. Well, um, they they're still gonna cry, mm-hmm. and that's when. If we, if we can't allow ourselves to actually, like, just let them have their feeling and we're projecting on ourselves, my baby's crying, they shouldn't be crying, that means usually what it means, for me at least, the reason why it's so strong is it makes me feel like a bad mom. Mm-hmm. And that hurts me right. on the inside. If I think I'm doing something wrong, I'm maybe not enough, what am I doing? What that am I doing wrong? Mm-hmm. But as soon as I can stop that internal dialogue, recognize this is a trigger, this crying is a trigger, that's triggering inside of me the story that I'm not a good mom. So once you can see it, you can let it go. Isn't mm-hmm. that the beautiful thing? You can't, but you can't let it go unless you see it. Mm-hmm. So to be able to see it and then this actually, this took a, this takes a huge for me, like almost active willpower. Cause when a baby's crying, you do just want to be like immediately cry. You don't even know what it is Binky. they want. Just be like, boom, <laughs> stick something in their mouth, yeah. which is sometimes what they need or want. Right. But I think a lot of times that isn't necessarily what they need. And we're just trying to stop the crying. Mm-hmm. And that's the very, at the very youngest age, that's an example of we are being triggered. Mm-hmm. And we're just trying to stop it for ourselves. But what we're doing is actually 
not hearing them. Yes, we're right? projecting on a very basic level, mm-hmm. but this applies so well. If you can grasp this concept, it really applies so well as they start getting bigger and saying words. Yeah. That our goal isn't just to stop the discontent at whatever mm-hmm. cost, mm-hmm. but it is to actually allow them to express whatever that is. We're not stopping it because we're uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. We're, if we are stopping it, it's because we're fulfilling a need. Like, oh, Mm -hmm. they're hungry or they do want to suck on something. So I'm going to give that need to them. But responding to a need is much different than silencing a voice. Yes. They're totally different things. And it's a, if we've talked about our um, pause technique of just waiting a second, this is the underlying, like the background of using that pause in moments when you're talking about a small baby. Um, Because it is their only way, like... When babies, when babies are crying, it is triggering that in us, but it is really their only way to tell us they need something. So it doesn't nece- necessarily mean they're in distress or pain. Um, and so I think it's just really, it's honoring your baby to just listen to them for mm-hmm. a minute. Yeah, yeah. And you might yeah. know exactly what they need. Mm-hmm. But I saw myself And it getting, might be a binky. Right. In fact, yeah. it often is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I saw just like the energy that shifted um, after I th- thought about this concept um, in myself with my second and third baby, where it's almost that energy of, I, you can cry. No, don't get me wrong. There's still some situations where, you know, I'm worked up and I would, it's not all the time that my baby would cry and I wouldn't feel mm-hmm. in some sort of, you know, fight or flight. But I feel like my ability to be more peaceful, come at it with a more peaceful energy um, really strengthened. So instead of just shove the binky right in, it's I'm I might think you need a binky, but I'm going to listen for a second, and then it's a more peaceful energy that I'm bringing to our interaction, mm-hmm. more respectful energy, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I I want to clarify here because I don't want anybody to listen to this and say, oh, so I shouldn't be giving my kid a binky or whatever. It's what on the outside. It doesn't look very different on the outside to what you'll be how you'll you're dealing with your baby. It's what's happening on the inside of you. Right. So it isn't like you're just not meeting your baby's needs. Right. It's that the pause is key. And it's the energy of, as you were describing it, the word that came to my mind was curiosity. Mm-hmm. You're really approaching with a place of curiosity. What are you telling me mm-hmm. here? I may not know. And that's okay, too. We'll try things until mm-hmm. we find it. Or if you need to cry, that's okay, too. Mm-hmm. But that is a different place than... <gasps> I'm having a feeling inside of me that I want to stop this feeling. Mm-hmm. And that fight or flight feeling, whew, if you've ever been on an airplane with a baby while they're Ooh. crying, that is a way hard place to not feel that. Yeah. Um, so it's a good, you know, it's a good place to practice, yeah. but it's really hard. And again, I'm not saying just let your baby cry, mm-hmm. but if you can, I mean, when we say pause, it's literally seconds. Right. You know? Bring but it instead energy. of like with a panic, the cool thing is your baby generally actually totally picks up on whatever energy you're putting mm-hmm. out. So your chances of the baby not freaking out as much on the plane, go down. In my own experience, I've yes. still had plenty of, you know, cry fests and it's been so fun. <laughs> but um, but it is interesting to me that if I can change what's happening on the inside of me, it generally affects the baby in a really positive way. Mm-hmm. So. And like you just said, I think a lot of times we emit, <laughs> we project, it's like a self-fulfilling prophe- prophecy on... So I remember this was my first. He did not like the car seat. And every, it was almost like a, uh, it's like w- swelling up. Like, mm-hmm. oh my mm-hmm. gosh, I have to go to the store. Like I can just feel myself oozing like this. Just 
uh, what's the right word? Anxiety? Yes, anxiety of I don't want to put you in the car seat. You're just going to cry and this is going to be miserable and you're going to cry the whole way there. I just had these preconceived notions of what was going to happen. Um, and it, it might have happened either way had I not had that energy. But when I saw it and different babies, right? So I don't know. But I saw a shift once I had my second and I feel like I was a little less like this even in my first when he still didn't like the car seat but just we are just getting in the car seat and this is what we're doing Mm -hmm. and if you cry you cry but we're still driving in the car whereas before it was like this whole just projection of Mm -hmm. this horrible situation that's gonna happen you had to feel all the dread and the stress and all that so you're Mm -hmm. saying Although the action stayed the same, you still went places and the baby still cried when you put him in the car seat. You're saying you just you were able to skip the dread and the anxiety part right, of it. Right. And I feel like they then got over that a little bit. Faster. Faster. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Same thing with diaper changes. We've talked a ton about connecting during diaper changes, mm-hmm. but some babies are a lot harder during diaper changes. Mm-hmm. Lennon, alligator roll. Lennon was yeah. an alligator roller. Oh. I mean, he would just... Full, and he was so strong. It was yes. like... I, when I changed his diaper, I'd have to, like, use one foot to, like, <laughs> hold, hold down, down one arm. side. And it wasn't like he was miserable, but I almost escaped. did have to, like, take a few deep breaths before. Like, you know what? This is just going to be fun. <laughs> and I'm going to try to approach it with just, like, playfulness <laughs> instead of dread. You know? <laughs> yep, exactly. And, again, your actions are looking the same, mm-hmm. but what's happening inside of you is night and day difference. Yep. Yep, And totally. it's, it's, again, it's separating. This is triggering me. Okay, so this happening side of me, mm-hmm. awesome. Now let's just look at the actual situation. Mm-hmm. I have a baby who alligator rolls <laughs> during diaper changes. Yeah. So I take a deep breath and laugh about it. Yeah, there's yeah. nothing wrong with this situation. There's nothing mm-hmm. wrong with my baby, mm-hmm. or I'm not doing anything wrong. Mm-hmm. It's just the situation. In fact, yeah. I think it improves your motor skills. Yeah. Because <laughs> you learn to, like, wipe with a diaper. Oh, yeah. And if you're trying to connect, it can turn into a really playful mm-hmm. minute. I can do quite the stand-up diaper change. That gives me the shivers. (laughs) It's very efficient. You just pinch, lift one leg, wipe. What? Yes. (laughs) Try it if you have an alligator roller. (laughs) Just the stand up. Yep. That sounds a little risky, but you know what? (laughs) Go for it, guys. Let us know how it goes. (laughs) Okay. So all of this is connected to our triggers, something in our past. So when I was thinking about my triggers, I think I have many triggers (laughs) but I was thinking about when my kids are disrespectful when they're wasteful when they're really slow or dawdling when I ask them to do something these are all um triggers that are inside of me these are all things that kids are going to do no matter what and how I respond to them it's going to make a huge difference um so one thing that came into my mind really strongly is toddler tantrums, especially in public, I mm-hmm. think is a huge trigger. Yes. Because we feel like we are being, we aren't a good parent. When mm-hmm. all these people have their eyes on us and we can't, in quotes, control our kids. And I have had two times in church where, you know, we're sitting in church, it's really quiet, and I, you know, my kids are... There's something, one, um, we were, my oldest, he had like a program where he went up to the front of the church and he wanted to do it, but didn't want to do it because he was scared like that internal battle. And I could feel 
my parenting trigger of basically like get over it just get up there and do it like I know I want I know you want to do it slash please don't start crying in like this quiet quiet room with all these people around don't start tantruming you know I'm feeling all of this swell up inside which is exactly what happened (laughs) he just threw a huge tantrum freak out and he's not he was like four it wasn't like a baby toddler um and I carried him I was carrying him out and he's just like punching me in the head kicking me (laughs) freaking out and I was not handling my triggers well on that one and I'm just like I'm like tears swelling up I'm like carrying him out I'm like thinking in my head like oh my gosh like you're the worst child ever you know you're having all these Mm -hmm. feelings Mm -hmm. not handling my triggers Mm -hmm. well then same thing happened again another kid and (laughs) (laughs) repeat same scenario (laughs) same kid (laughs) all right different kid same exact situation um and I felt it all swelling up and I knew it was coming and I was able to uh go back and think about the first one first of all and which is the beauty of parenting things just keep happening Mm -hmm. over and over again it's such a soul (laughs) practice stretching practice right parenting is so soul stretching because you do just get to practice these hard triggers (laughs) over and over every single day and I just thought well first of all what what is my trigger why do I why do I care everybody's Mm. kids have tantrums you Mm -hmm. know like switching that in my mind and then um turning trying to turn it into okay I'm gonna respond how do I want to respond what how do I want my kids to see me what is my intention with this interaction? Because it's an opportunity to connect with them. Mm-hmm. And so I tried to turn on that, you know, just mama bear, I'm stoic. Like, you can punch me in the head and I'm just going to keep calm. And it it made the tantrum seem so much less a big deal. I mean, those mm-hmm. pretty much the same thing. He's punching mm-hmm. me in the head, screaming, we're mm-hmm. walking out. Like, it is mm-hmm. the exact same action. Um, and then I just wanted to know, once I the second time once I got him out and I felt totally calm and like I got this that feeling I still you know there were still boundaries that I had to keep you know like explaining to him that hurt when you hit me like Mm -hmm. I can't let Mm -hmm. you you know I won't let you hit me if you know he was still tantruming and then also keeping the boundaries of it seems like you're really upset we're gonna stay out here we can't go back in Mm -hmm. until yeah you're yeah. calm down. So when you're you're being peaceful and you're having that like better intention, it doesn't mean, oh, I'm peaceful. My kids can just do whatever they want. Yes. I feel like that's really important for mm-hmm. me to clarify with yes. these because we still have boundaries that we yes. hold. I love that because you're still respecting everybody else's worship service inside, which means right. we're not going back in if you're going to keep right. screaming. And when you're not walking with them, it's a lot easier to control them from hitting you. Yes. When you're carrying them out, it's hard. In the moment of carrying out. Okay. I love that. So tell me, what do you think was the painful thought with your first? Was it that I'm not a good parent? That's why. Or I'm embarrassed. Yeah. Or he should be just going up and singing like a little angel. What was the painful thought that you were able to release for your second? I think all of that combined, everything you just said, especially the... Um, I'm not a good parent. The embarrassment of the tantrum, yes, happening towards me, yes. And that specific scenario is a time where you were emotionally prepared 
to bask in your kid's cuteness in front of a whole crowd. Right. So when they turn on mm-hmm. you, it you're not ready for that. You right. know what I mean? On the first one, you weren't ready for that. Right. It's like, wait, hold on. This is going to be cuteness yes. showcase. Yes. And now it's tantrum showcase. <laughs> yeah. This is a different feeling. <laughs> yes. Okay, I love that. But, okay, the cool thing I like about this is on your second, what you're saying, guys, this is so liberating. Because once you can recognize that you are being triggered, you're able to see the situation, which is I have a son who is clearly feeling some feelings about going up in front of a huge crowd and singing, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which is totally understandable. Yes. And so you're actually able to allow those feelings Mm -hmm. with boundaries Mm -hmm. because actually the beautiful thing is it's even not, it's not even about you. Yes. So that's so cool that you were able to separate the difference. I just, I just love, I love this whole concept because not a ton on the outside changes, but wow, it's like whole world shifting for me on the inside. Yes. Once you realize, oh, my mm-hmm. son's just having some struggles going in front mm-hmm. of people. I'm going to be here for him as he goes through that, mm-hmm. you know? Oh. Yep. It's yep. so beautiful and loving yep. and much less embarrassing, even though they are still screaming in front of other people, you know? Yep. yep. I don't know. Exactly. Yeah, I love it. I feel like I have so much more control over, because our whole life with kids is really out of control. We don't have a lot of, I mean, we don't know how they're going to react to situations, mm-hmm. but just knowing that, if I'm in control, yes. that's all that matters. Yes. I'm in control. Yeah. <laughs> we set our boundaries. Mm-hmm. We hold our limits. Mm-hmm. And we're in control of our own emotions. But yeah, mm-hmm. we can't program our children to do exactly everything we react to them and feel the feelings that we want them to feel. Exactly. And nor do we want them only to feel positive feelings. Mm-hmm. Negative feelings are part of this life. And it's actually yep. our job to help coach them through that. Yep. I love that. Okay. Well, a trigger for me, all those things are definitely triggers. Except for the dawdling. I was telling Felicia, I think I might be a dawdler. Mm-hmm. Well, I know I always was before. I'm less of one now that I'm a mom because I'm trying to like get things done all the time. But um, I'm a natural dawdler. So I empathize with those <laughs> dawdling children. Uh, so. I just want to say, go get in the car. And you go get in the car right then. <laughs> it's not so much to ask. <laughs> oh, that's funny. If that ever. I like sleeping. It's all hilarious. <laughs> If I could just say, yeah, I would love that. Actually. Wouldn't that be great? <laughs> yeah. Everybody just get in the car and buckle up your seat. Yeah. I'll meet you in there in five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes that actually does happen. And it is quite glorious. I'm like dancing around the car as I'm walking around. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but that's not all the time. In fact, nor is it very often. Okay. Well, a trigger for me is when my oldest so there are so many triggers. I mean, we could really explore this thoroughly. <laughs> We're giving you examples to try to help you identify your own triggers in your own life. And if you can just change your thoughts around them, wow, you're going to be free. Uh, so one, a trigger for me is when my oldest daughter, who's 10, when she says things like, you never take us to get frozen yogurt. <laughs> ever. <laughs> ever, ever. You always say no every single time. Just the never statement, which we know is not great. Never and always. Yes. Never and always. We know are not great communication skills, but she clearly has not in, you know, taken that that. advice in. And so when she says it in my mind, I'm like, you're delusional. We just went last week. And this is the first time you've asked me. Like, I don't even know why we're turning this into a never I'm a terrible parent situation. So honestly, when she says it, I can feel myself like as soon as she says the word never, in my mind, I'm coming up with a list of why what she just said is wrong, mm-hmm. right? I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, let me just list this out. Last time I, any situation, I mean, I could name like a hundred, you know, <laughs> yes. I can literally name yesterday the, what you just said. Anyway, 
why it's wrong. Why mm-hmm. what she just said is wrong. Mm-hmm. However, spoiler alert, proving somebody that they're wrong almost never helps <laughs> the situation. It's true. With reason into and facts. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> she's saying it. I'm not even hearing what she's saying because I'm just like, well, obviously, this is not right. Yes. Yes, I'm a fabulous parent. <laughs> anyway, so what I found with her is that if I can, and I'm not saying I do this all the time, but wow, it is it really is liberating when I can do it. As soon as she says that word never, you never do this. What I say, and especially sometimes she'll say something, okay, this, and this is getting a little deeper and it has a lot more emotion to it. But if she says, you never, you always let my sister finish her story and you don't let me finish my story. That really actually, if I'm identifying my trigger, that really hurts my feelings because unlike the frozen yogurt one where I can prove it wrong, I, I don't think I do that. But mm-hmm. if I, if she's feeling that way, that's what actually matters. Mm-hmm. Even though I am like in my mind, I don't think I do that. I'm pretty sure I let you both finish your stories. Mm-hmm. You know, I love you both equally in my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, if she's not feeling that, that's actually the most important message. Mm-hmm. So instead of being triggered in my mind where I start trying to think, in fact, that's a better example because it actually is like a close one to my heart that really matters to me. I don't really care if she thinks I take her to get frozen yogurt enough, <laughs> but I do care if she thinks that I love all her, her as much as her other siblings and that mm-hmm. I let them both have a strong voice in our home. Mm-hmm. So that triggers me way deep down. And instead of trying to prove her wrong, what I found is if I can say, okay, I can see that in myself, take a pause. And by a pause, it's usually like a couple seconds. I let her finish instead of being like, no, that's not yeah, right. Stop right of course, of course I let you talk. Mm-hmm. I care about you both the same. Mm-hmm. I'll say something like, take a deep breath. So you're saying you don't think I listen to you as much as I listen to your sister. Mm-hmm. Is that what you're saying? And she'll be like, yes. Mm-hmm. It rare And sadly, I wish I could say, she's like, oh, no, that's actually not what I'm saying. You know what? You are an excellent listener. No. She usually stays in that mode mm-hmm. until the conversation is over. It usually isn't until later that she even steps out of it. And what I found is a really powerful word to say also is what else? Because mm-hmm. you're actually saying, instead of fighting on what you just said, even though I probably disagree with it. You're welcoming the... I want to hear it because whatever you're saying, clearly you're feeling something and you can share that with me. Mm -hmm. So if I say what else and I'm trying not to focus on what I'm feeling and just focusing on what she's feeling, then she can actually say, you know, yes. And remember yesterday or whatever. And it's probably sometimes I found is about that she's not feeling heard in that situation. There was another time that as she kept saying what else. She said something that happened at school that day that you could just tell it probably was hard on her. Mm-hmm. So that's what she was lashing out about. And it was, she was just taking it out on me. Mm-hmm. So what I'm saying is it can be that either way, they're expressing an emotion. And it's difficult. This is a really difficult thing for me to wrap my mind around. Um, the concept of, because I, you know, I hear people say all the time, well, you can't talk to me like that and be disrespectful. Like I'm going to mm-hmm. put a stop to that. Because when she's saying those kind of words, it doesn't sound respectful. Mm-hmm. However, she's having emotions that she's getting out. So all I know about this, and I've read a ton, and I've tried different things, and I'm still learning, but I feel like I don't feel like I've ever gone wrong when I take a pause, and I sometimes repeat back what they just said, and I say what else. Mm -hmm. No matter what the words they say, and if they can be really triggering to me, 
if I can allow myself not to respond Mm -hmm. in that moment. And if I am going to respond, I found for myself responding way later is better. Mm -hmm. Like coming in an hour or two later or a day later when we're one-on-one and saying, I really want to talk about what you said yesterday. Because if you're feeling that way, I really want to know. Or, you know, if you have a teenager who just said that they hate you, I don't think that very moment is the time for it. But you could say, you're really feeling like you hate me right now. Mm-hmm. What else? Mm-hmm. And that's a scary place to be because you're allowing them to say a lot of things. Mm-hmm. But then to go back later at a later time and mm-hmm. say, okay, let's talk about that. Mm-hmm. Because you said this and whether you want to include what you felt in that or not. I think that's a much better time to talk about it than it's like we're going back to the baby pacifier situation instead of just trying to shut it down because it hurts. Mm -hmm. It's making me feel uncomfortable. If you can just listen Mm -hmm. to it, allow it to come out. In my experience, that's been enough Mm -hmm. for them to feel heard and safe and loved Mm -hmm. um, as opposed to what I want to do, which is just shut Mm -hmm. it down because I'm feeling uncomfortable. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? So yeah. If getting yeah. into deeper things here, but I think the same concept still applies. Yeah. Take a pause, recognize your feeling, but then focus it back on what else. Yeah. And I think that that disrespect, them saying disrespectful things, the classic like don't talk to your mother that way is such a, it's a trigger for us. And I think it's a tricky line because I think them expressing feeling and having a um, air of respect in your home is mm-hmm. a f- like a balance. Yes. Yeah. And I, I don't have the answers. I don't either. But I think if we can focus the, on that, trying to find that balance, because I know with my kids, there are times when they say things in a certain way, like, Mom, give me that now. Mm-hmm. And that to me is, mm-hmm. you're saying that in a disrespectful tone. And I feel like that's a place where you're not expressing any feeling. You're just saying mm-hmm. that disrespectfully. So mm-hmm. I want to set the tone in our home of that's not how we ask for mm-hmm. stuff from each other. Can you try it? What do you say? I say, can you can we try that again? Yeah. I say, can you try again in your regular voice? Mm-hmm. You know, or I something like that. like that. I like that. Um, but I think. Yeah, it's that fine line between, yeah, we're not going to, we don't want to let our kids walk all over us and have that feeling in our home where everyone's talking to each other disrespectfully. That doesn't feel good to anybody. No. But they can still express their feelings. Yes. Fine line. Okay, as you're saying that, though, I think a key here could be definitely what are you modeling? Because I've seen, I've seen this. A teenager mm-hmm. is yelling. And, you know, they're saying hurtful things that is not respectful. Mm -hmm. The mom comes in and yells. Just to be clear, I haven't seen this with my own mom. Mom, this is not you I'm talking about. (laughs) I've just seen this. The mom is like, don't you talk to me that way. You know, like, Mm -hmm. go to your room. Yes. But she just. But she's (laughs) not using a respectful voice as she's doing it. Mm -hmm. So I don't think there's anything wrong with setting a healthy boundary of, I hear what you're saying. You are really feeling angry right now. Right. I hear you. If you're in a place where you can say, what else? Mm-hmm. Let them, let it come mm-hmm. out. But if you're like, you know what? This is, I've Too had much. enough. You can say, you feel that way. I'm going to go take a little break though, because mm-hmm. I'm not in a place where I can hear that right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you're just setting a nice boundary, but yep. you're doing it super respectfully. So mm-hmm. I think that's an important question to ask all the time. If you're mm-hmm. feeling like you have a ton of that, I think just changing, since sometimes you can't change them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> in fact, a lot of times you can't. Mm-hmm. 
but using modeling what you're talking about, I think is always the first step. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that it's a magic solution, but I think yes. allowing emotion, differing between just disrespectful talk and emotion. I think that's a really important distinction. I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. Combined with modeling, mm-hmm. respect yourself. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. those are really good places to start. Yep. And a really tricky, I mean, we're talking about, this is some tricky stuff that goes all the way Super through parenting. Tricky. Yeah. Until your to kids adult are kids. 60. So, yeah. I mean, you know. Yeah. All right. We are going to take a break and then we'll come back and <laughs> talk about some ways that we can identify these triggers and break this cycle. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, so how can we break out of this cycle of reaction um, to our triggers? So we're just going to give you guys our favorite tips for this. Um, The first one is to realize that our kids aren't mini us's (laughs) um, and respond to them as if they are real people with independent thoughts, with their own identities. And I thought of an example that I'm a phase of, of Cohen, my oldest, my kindergartner that I'm in right now, that is exactly this. He is in a kindergarten-ness mode. And what I mean by that is, wow, sir. Kindergartners are their own unique breed of annoyance. (laughs) And I'm just going to say it. And I know all of you out there, five to seven-year-olds, I'm sure you felt this. Wow. They have, like... When they get in these phases of the goo goo ga ga poo poo bum bum like energy of the kindergarten age is not what I would choose for Cohen to be like right now. But when I look at that from uh, an out, I remove myself from the annoyance of it, and I think. Instead of thinking in my head, he shouldn't be acting like this, a better way to respond to the situation would, you know, I don't know if I even have to say something to him about it, but if I feel like, sometimes I feel like I need to say something, but wow, you have a lot of energy today, or oh, that's a new noise you're coming up with. Just letting him be in that phase, knowing that it will pass, and I've found that maybe there are, so maybe the if he's saying potty words or he's in a phase right now where when I'm talking to him he'll be like looking right at me but like one two three four five six like counting while I'm talking 
I'm like, listen to me, you know, like, ah. That's kind of cute, though. <laughs> no, not cute. Okay. Felicia's <laughs> face, no. No. Well, it's cute that it's counting. <laughs> but, you know, sometimes yeah. it's some other bee-boo, yeah. bee-boo while I'm talking. Yeah. And yeah. so I, I have gotten caught up in trying to fix it in that situation, which never works. But delaying it, teaching in another moment of connection, teaching mm. him listening communication okay i love that as an education instead of a discipline oh you know what i mean Mm -hmm. um i think could be helpful Mm -hmm. i'll test this out (laughs) the french call it the word discipline they call education right remember in Mm -hmm. bringing up bringing up baby yeah yes so i like that that's the that's my first tip Mm -hmm. beautiful i love that well um my tip for try this or not is to observe yourself so try to any interaction with humans that you have with your kids your spouse your work your co-workers um try to notice what the triggers are inside of you and if you're just looking for triggers spend a week just paying attention to what your triggers are and by triggers i mean those negative thoughts that come into your mind when somebody else does something Mm -hmm. so specifically for me it's very helpful if i can actually say what the thought is what the painful thought is i'm a bad parent when your kid says that, Mm -hmm. or this, I'm embarrassed, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm embarrassed because I think other people are thinking that I'm a bad parent. Mm -hmm. Or when my coworker does that, I feel like I'm a terrible boss Mm -hmm. or that I'm a terrible employee. Mm -hmm. That's the painful thought. Once you can identify that trigger, that's where you have the power. Mm -hmm. You can't really, um, let go of anything or have control over anything if you can't identify it first. Mm -hmm. So that'd be a tip that you could try if you like. Um, Just pay attention to your negative triggers and uh, try to identify the thought that is making that feeling. And then something that I love that Felicia does, she journals hers. So if she's having something trigger her, she'll like take some time to Mm -hmm. write it down, Mm -hmm. which helps you get gain clarity, right? Yes, yeah, and I try to if I can um, like if it's something that's like a continual thing that's triggering me, I try to, you know, do a little meditation on it to try to. Hmm, I like that. Bring it into my awareness and release it. I like that. Something about writing it down that's probably super helpful is you actually notice that there are patterns. Trends. I'm always feeling like a bad parent or I'm always feeling embarrassed, mm-hmm. which means I might be caring a little too much about what people think mm-hmm. or I'm always feeling like a victim in this relationship. Mm-hmm. You know, that, yeah. that yeah. actually you can and actually notice a pattern. Times. Like this mm-hmm. is a script that I want to rewrite. Mm-hmm. And once I've written it down three times, wow, this is a pattern. Right. I love right. that. Yeah. You're creating a story. Brilliant, Felicia. <clears throat> Brilliant. Oh, it's not my own idea, I'm sure. <laughs> um, okay. And another tip actually comes from Magda Gerber who we love but her quote do less observe more enjoy most and when I read this when I read this I just thought man sometimes are we stuck in cycles of parenting too much doing too much Mm -hmm. parenting Mm -hmm. where we could when our kids having this certain situation pause and take it in genuinely you really don't like that I make you go to bed at this time. That's mm-hmm. hard for you. Yeah. Instead of, what do I need to do? Move the bedtime up. Give them some melatonin. Are they not sleeping in enough? Are they, you know, like, are we overthinking the situation? Could we pause and then just be there 
accepting that situation. Mm -hmm. I think about this all the time. And you have to let them go as not many used to do that. Right. I think so much of our overparenting comes from, but they're a direct reflection of us. So therefore, if they're not doing exactly what I think, that's Mm -hmm. a poor reflection Mm -hmm. on me. Mm -hmm. In order to do that step back and allow them to be... And you do enjoy so much more when you step back a little bit and do a little more Relax observing. Little. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you do have to make that separation of they are their own humans. Mm-hmm. And my job is to set a framework of safety and limits and teach all I can, mm-hmm. but to let go mm-hmm. that they aren't, they are not me. Yep. You know? Yep. And exactly. I think sometimes as mothers, that's hard for us. When yeah. you invest something, so much of your soul into something, it's kind of difficult to. It's difficult to let. Let that go something fail or something go wrong yeah that's really hard but you do enjoy more i i agree with magda Mm -hmm. with that i think you enjoy more Mm -hmm. if you're able to make that thing we're not we're not the same person yep and you can have negative feelings without me having negative feelings yep and just knowing that kit we talk about this all the time this too shall pass kids are going through these stages they're going to be continually triggering you which is parenting and that's how why it's such a uh, growth inducing part of your life and they are going through those stages it's a part of their development to test you like we talked about in the soul of discipline the pinging that's they're checking to see are you a secure parent can i try this out on you are you going to lose it on me if i'm mad sad whatever so if we can rise above that rise above the impatience the anger um and see the situation clearly, then we're able to keep and hold our boundaries from a place of peace and not being crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And we can we can love them no matter what, which teaches them that they are lovable mm-hmm. and worthy, mm-hmm. even in their darkness. Yep. And even though we set boundaries, we set them with love. Yep. All right, guys, let's find the magic. Brown cows.